Hey there, happy Thursday. Good morning to everyone. Thanks for spending some time with us today. It's Bruce, Judy, Cheese. We've got infant producer Miranda over there, MG and the Posse over at Mission Control hitting all the buttons this morning. Um, I thought this is kind of interesting. So I admittedly, I'm coming in late to the Mike Madigan soap opera. Is soap opera what we should call it or should we call it? Dynasty uh, is a better word. Dynasty. I was thinking Sopranos, uh, you know, along those lines. <laughs> Here's why we say that. Allegedly. I feel like I'm doing criminal of the day almost. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, Mr. Madigan, the former speaker, um, may have been caught on on a recording, on a secret microphone, wheeling and dealing with an alderman, Judy. Well, yes, we know that there were secret um, audio recordings. Like the alderman was wearing a wire. Right, the former alderman, uh, Solis, Danny Solis, who's already been, who's already in trouble. He's working with the feds. They got him to flip. That's Mm -hmm. how they do it, right? Yeah. You want to go to prison for the rest of your life or you want to wear a wire? I'll wear the wire. wire. Yeah, but uh, some of these recordings go back to 2016. So he'd been wearing a wire for a while. Yeah, he's all wired up. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, anybody who, by the way, th- this may come as a shock to some people. Anyone who's been in contact with Alderman, former Alderman Solis in the last five years, you might be on an FBI recording. Right. And, of course, we only know, we the, the sources say, you know, we don't know. If there are recordings, we would only hear them in court. Right. Because they're, uh, the FBI is in and they don't release that stuff. They don't release anything. The FBI doesn't yeah. do press conferences. The F- they learned. say two things. No comment. No comment. Uh, two uh, words. Credit to the Chicago Tribune, though, that, that learned that the former alderman, Solis, is cooperating fully with the government. Right. So this is a corruption investigation. Things like, you know, Madigan owns a law firm. They do a lot of real estate. In addition, there's this ComEd. Um, con, you know, that's this, a whole other. That's a whole right? something else hanging over his head. Okay. But with Solis, this is kind of a broad corruption um, case. Allegedly. We have to keep saying allegedly, right? For now. Allegedly, uh, Speaker Madigan and then Alderman Solis. Uh, Speaker Madigan was soliciting business. For his law firm, that he was um, attempting to lobby the alderman for a. Uh, there's a whole thing about a piece of land in Chinatown. Yeah, lot, yeah. They want to turn into garage. a commercial development yeah. that 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 he has some financial interest in. Now, this kind of it almost reminds me of. Is this going to go down the blago vein? Which is how much of this is politics and the way politics happens, whether we like it or not. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. What are you going to do for me? I'm not going to vote for that unless you give me something in return. But we may not like it, but, but it's welcome, welcome to our yeah. Yeah. And how much of it is an actual crime? And I'm not trying to cover for Mike Madigan. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't have to cover for Mike Madigan. Mike Madigan is not a stupid man. That is how Mike Madigan was the House Speaker for, well, as my since entire the beginning life. of time. Yeah, since yeah. the beginning of time. He, he doesn't make those kind of mistakes. Now, if he and Solis were very good friends and they talked privately and, you know, I don't know that relationship as much, but I can't imagine Madigan 
And no offense to former Governor Rob Goyevich, who talked too much. You know what I mean? He didn't know when to stop talking, and that's what got him in trouble. He said things that he probably that he sh- certainly shouldn't have said. Whereas Madigan, I think, in the back of his mind, always thinks to himself, "Is this guy wired up?" That's <laughs> yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, like, he was always yeah, just he's not this. dumb. Yeah. He's, you you brought up Sopranos. Yeah. This is a man who he's not going to get caught. He on, is on the consummate admitting to the po- politician. Yeah. Yeah. So whereas Bogoyevich was a little bit looser, and you know he sitting on gold. Well, we all said everyone who covered Bogoyevich, right, Nick? It was like, oh my gosh, stop talking, stop talking. He did not. He could not stop himself from talking. What well, we uh, allegedly we're going to again? This is the FBI, and and, re- and they are not. Um, they don't mess around. They don't. Here's play. the FBI. I remember in Bogoyevich's trial. I personally didn't think they, I have always been probably the one reporter in Chicago who said, I don't think they proved their case. Yeah. I don't You've think they yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I don't, they that. did not prove, but the, the way the FBI described it in court, which I did think was brilliant was, well, we know just because he didn't sell the seat, if you're going to rob a bank, you get the gang together, you buy the masks, you get the guns, you make the plan, you get in the car, you drive to the bank, but you don't actually do it because the FBI intercedes. Well, there was still a crime that was going to be committed. It's still a crime. So it mm. seems like like uh, maybe to prove your point about how clever, cautious, smart Madigan is using this Chinatown thing. By the way, there are a hell of a lot of people apparently walking around Chicago wearing an FBI wire. Because <laughs> there's also a... You might, you might need to be um, afraid. A Bruce. land developer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The FBI had wired up regarding this Chinatown thing, who was cooperating in hopes for leniency in his own real estate fraud deal, who was negotiating in some way, shape or form with politicians, Madigan and his emissaries included. So there's this network of secret recordings going on. It's like an episode of The Sopranos, isn't it? Could be. This is what it's like. And you're going (laughs) to say, who said what on tape? Well, does it corroborate with what that guy said on tape? Well, then he admitted to that over there. Oh, we'll draw these things. I get this image of like FBI HQ. There's a there's a, uh, a conference room, right? An FBI HQ yeah. here in Chicago, and they've got that map. They got like a picture of Madigan. They got a picture of Solis. You know, Yarn going over and here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. String <laughs> going between them. They've got a red X through the ones that are in jail or dead. You know, like I picture this big map where they're trying to. And say a prayer for the poor FBI guys trying to track corruption in the city of Chicago. Yeah, they probably ran out of yarn. They're running. They're running down. Right. They're running down. Quick, to the, run to Michaels. Grab some more yarn. We need more yarn. They're all connected to everybody. For the love of God, we got everybody on tape admitting to everything just short of kidnapping the Lindbergh baby. I remember this is all a Tribune undercover investigation, which just as a sidebar, which is why we need the Tribune. Yeah, right. You wouldn't Good even point. know about this. Yeah, you they're the know. ones Good who point. do all the groundwork on the these kind of cases. 2016, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Let me help you with that, Nick. All but, of and, them. and that's the thing, though, when they know Solis was dirty at the time, as we call it, you know, even though he wasn't he wasn't charged or convicted, maybe. And he was 
working for the FBI. The politicians all know that too. Don't think they don't know what's going on. They 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 probably find out first. Okay, so do you? So, so I'm trying to imagine like a city council meeting or like the aldermen all get together. Do they have a room they all hang out in? And so they all get together. They they're having drinks and cigars or whatever. And you just assume like half the guys in the room are wearing an FBI wire. Uh, yeah. What did you say? I speak yeah, I, into my a little, handkerchief lapel. a little more. Hold on yeah. a second. You get out my jacket a little <laughs> closer to you. What was that again? I'm serious. And yeah, and they that's why they you know, you don't say anything. You mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. You don't make any comments, really, anything definitive. You say that. I just wonder if you're running. Only the tape, dumb ones. If Only you're the running dumb tape ones though, twenty four seven. You know, didn't the question is gonna be, did Madigan slip? Did he admit to something? Did, or did he say something that again corroborates something that's on another wire or another piece of evidence as the FBI uh Apparently, for, again, since probably shortly after Madigan became speaker, has been investigating dirty Chicago politics. Well, and just bringing, going back to the Bogoyevich case again, you know, Mrs. Bogoyevich, woo, she said some pretty fun things on tape. Yeah. So you're right. You don't, you don't always know. I mean, she, her potty mouth was. Did you ever quite let infamous. your guard down? Did you have a few too yeah. many sips at dinner? Did you did you did something slip or did you say something innocuous? Or are you just talking itself? like you normally talk during the day? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. So again, um, a former alderman was wearing an FBI wire. Was caught. I say caught. He probably initiated or or made sure that he had conversations with Mike Madigan, allegedly involving not just his professional duty as an elected official in the state of Illinois. But maybe blurring that line between that and the law firm uh, trying to drum up business in some way, shape, or form. That's one of the allegations in this. Well, How this, do you prove that? And just hey, listen to what you just said. The Illinois House Speaker, who's a lawyer and is a part owner of a real estate law firm. Why does that even happen? It's ridiculous. Why wouldn't it happen? <laughs> and people, you know what, though? They claim, you know, they're like, well, it's just a part time job. Not in Chicago. When you're an alderman, it's a full time job, and you shouldn't have any other job. I'm or, sure the law firm had or zero firm, issue. Or yeah, restaurant right? or business. It's amazing. People just keep coming through the front door. We don't have to advertise. All these people. <laughs> friends of Madigan. I'm here Come to spend in. money. Right. Because he got caught. No, he flipped. Yeah. Yeah. He flipped. Yeah. And by the way, not only he audio recordings, evidence. but also apparently they have video recordings. Of course so. they do. So it's this Sopranos. Day and age videos. It's the Sopranos. I'm telling yeah. you right Tony's now. Tony's in trouble. Wait, exactly. if you go to a massage parlor, there's... You get... Oh, Here we go. Mm. Here we go. Better not run for office ever. This is the this is the time where we change the subject. <laughs> We've heard a lot about a worker shortage. Maybe you've seen the signs. We've talked to some uh, uh, some business owners who are, who are struggling. Bad, right? Not bad. How many times do I have to click accept cookies on the computer before they actually send me cookies? How uh, mm. I've tried. Is there a they number? Forever. How do they know where I live? They never send them. Very disappointing. They know where you live. Be serious. I hope so. <laughs> but they don't really send good. the cookies there. If cookies are coming, you can have it all. When the I'll drones come, the cookies will come. I'll give you a key. Um, yesterday, I thought this was interesting. Uh, we were talking to a guy who owns a bunch of restaurants here. Billy What's Deck, it? yeah. Billy Deck. Mm -hmm. A, a restaurant. Restaurateur. Nice. But I believe that's my word. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. All right. Well, there's two of you can say that word. I still can't. Um. And he said, he said something interesting. It's something I hadn't thought of. 
there is a labor shortage, full stop period, Mm -hmm. especially in the hospitality industry. Restaurants and whatnot are really struggling to hire everything from cooks to managers to host hostesses to to servers, right? Yeah. But he said something, and I, I, I was like, the light bulb went off. And he said, well, you know, but teenagers, now that school's out, I'm going to paraphrase, they might be filling a lot of these jobs. I'm like, well, why all of a sudden with teenagers? I mean, just because of summer jobs? He said, no. They're not eligible for unemployment. Oh, that yeah, they can't collect unemployment. They can't collect yeah. unemployment. So if you think about it, the only people that might have a true motivation, uh, you know, I want a job. I'd like to work. I want to earn some money. Will teens be leading this? Again, if you lived at home with your parents, you're not eligible for any of the economic impact payments. Nope. Although they did get stimulus checks, but I'm sure their parents kept those. Oh, I kept Tyler's. Yeah. yeah. They didn't hand them over to their teenager. If you were a full-time student, you don't get unemployment insurance. Right? Mm-hmm. That there are a lot of things that point to teenagers might be the ones filling up all these jobs that are needed, which to me, like everything, there's an, every, every action, there's a reaction type thing. So if and when the others out there, for whatever reasons, say, okay, it's time to jump back into the labor market, are going to find a 17-year-old has your job. Well, and not only that, they don't have the responsibilities that a lot of adults have, right? Say the, the least. The children, because the schools are closed. They don't need to pay they're, for daycare. Yeah, they're not retiring early. Not to my knowledge. No, not yet. Anyway, it'll be, it'll be a little bit too early. Um, so, yeah, they also don't come with a lot of the baggage. Which maybe uh, an employer would like. Yeah. And then you get to this. So you're a, you're a, um, a senior in high school. And you just graduated. Or will in the next couple of days, weeks. And you get one of these jobs. And when you see, I mean, to me, it's pretty stunning. We say $15 an hour. I mean, some of them start. And I'm, these are low skill. I'm not, I'm not saying that to. No experience. Them. No jobs. experience necessary. Yeah, we'll Thank no you. Experience. Let's go that. You could make $15, $16, $17 an hour just right off the bat. And then it goes up from there. Yeah. That's huge. It's huge. huge. I and mean, the minimum video. wage is 7 Right. Eight dollars. Yeah. Will you work over the summer and time comes to decide whether you're going to college or not? And you're like, I can't afford to give this gig up. What impact will that have? Do you see what I'm saying? As you mm-hmm. as you start to play that out, I think it's interesting. And I wonder if teens are going to be the ones that that do it. But we are seeing worker shortages in every industry oh, out there yeah like the tsa just oh for god's sake and now i wonder i think you probably just have to be 18 right to where i mean that would probably be a good job and a good career well here's what the tsa it is, is for your brother uh, yeah uh, oh my god <laughs> i i would listen you guys do not want my brother getting out of his office at tsa headquarters because this is what they're talking about they're talking about taking the office staff at the tsa and making them checkers yeah yeah you know what I'm saying? They're mandating overtime. Well, they have to because we know what's going to happen in the next few months at the airports. They're already the thousands standing around. Can you imagine if they make the uh, receptionist at TSA go in and check? 
Give me a break. Now that she's got a badge. Just full-on security theater. Yeah. Just full-on security theater. We're going to yeah. give you epaulets. You know what? A little shirt. She'd probably Ooh. be really good compared to some of them. Well, you don't okay, try getting past. They're better. Try getting past her desk at the office. No, that <laughs> try getting strip past down. Her desk. <laughs> yeah, strip down. Throw that coke away. Will they take it more seriously? Yeah. Well, and so the TSA has already recruited three thousand new employees, and they want to do another three thousand by the end of the summer. Oh, God. You know, meat processing plants huge shortage, and as we know, there's a shortage in meat. Right. It's unclear to me. I think some people left. Yeah, well, there were no planes flying hardly, right? So they didn't need all those people. <laughs> but I don't know if that, yeah, I don't know if that's true. I well, I, say, I mean, you're saying that tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. It's so, not like the air traffic controllers, so they can't, but... Do, do you remember when they, like, they... When Congress fights or whatever, and they they the government quote unquote shuts down. Remember yeah. we've had those, yeah. And like employees don't get paid. Can I tell you the dirty secret behind that? Mm-hmm. My brother's one of those government employees, and I'm like, ha ha. I call up, nee nee. You're not getting paid. He goes, mm, I wouldn't laugh too much, and I go, why? <laughs> and he says, Well, I'm just not allowed to go into work. I'm not allowed to log into my computer. The government shut down. No problem. I will get paid retroactively for all of those days. So they're basically paid vacation days for me. And he goes, I don't have to make them up. They don't count as vacation. or The government shut down. I still get paid for mm-hmm. them. Don't worry. I just don't get paid then. I'll get a lump sum later. He goes, I don't care if you shut it down for three months. <laughs> it's a three-month vacation for yeah, me. Yeah, they always get paid. Yeah. Right? Just a three-month vacation. Hey. So I'm just going to assume that the TSA here, it's Nick, it's a matter of people leaving. I'm sure yeah. some of them might Some people have, like actually leave their federal jobs. That they had difficulty doing it. Hey, that doesn't mean there isn't time for our criminal of the day. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Christian Searcy of Kennewick, Washington, who actually had a pretty good excuse for crashing into the fun of a Safeway grocery store. <laughs> He's blind. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Good Allegedly, Lord. Mr. Searcy got behind the wheel of a truck sometime overnight, and for reasons still unclear... Thought he should take it for a spin. And by spin, I mean directly into the shopping carts in the front door of the store. Police are still investigating why Cersei was in the parking lot overnight and why he thought he could drive a truck. You know, because he's blind. (laughs) At this point, it's not even clear whose truck it was. Mr. Cersei is facing a possible charge of suspicion of driving with a suspended license. Possible? <laughs> possible? Suspended? License? How does he have a license? Legally blind, I'm going to come back to with that. So for unsuccessfully taking the state of Washington up on its drive-by Braille program, you, Christian Searcy, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Or blind. Or blind. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Legally blind. Good morning. Happy Thursday. We kick off the 6 o'clock hour taking a look at the three big stories that everyone's talking about. And, Cheese, you start us off. Yeah, the Olympics. They're about six weeks away. They are. But right now, Tokyo is under a state of emergency due to a rise in COVID-19 cases. And they just announced athletes might be tracked by GPS devices to monitor where they go and what they're doing. Oh, sounds lovely. Yeah, they're right? also thinking no liquor. 
at the Celebration Village. That, that's gonna Ouch. that's gonna doom the Olympics right there. We're, we're done. <laughs> hey, the U.S. is buying COVID vaccinations for other countries. It'll share with lower income countries struggling with a shortage of the shots. What did he say? And what impact will it have? Mike Madigan allegedly caught on tape. An alderman and then former alderman mic'd up by the FBI. The saga of Mike Madigan continues to twist. We'll keep an eye on it. It could get pretty darn interesting. We are now, oh God, now I really have to do math. Seven, 17 hours and 52 minutes away from nice. hashtag old normal. Nice. And boom, I had to wait for the, wait for it to click over on my little <laughs> clock. I was like trying to delay to get right. Um, tonight at midnight. Friday, June 11th. Yeah. Phase five. We're over the bridge. I feel like we're going to hear fireworks at midnight. <laughs> there ought to be. Why, why wouldn't you? Right? Yeah. But there are going to be a lot of interesting things. So Friday, we go back to 100% capacity. And I think we've talked about... I, I think about just my my regular life walking the mean streets of Streeterville, going to the Target, yeah. popping in the Walgreens, going to Lizzie what O'Neill's. Is Lizzie O'Neill's. I got fish and chips there the other day. It's delicious. Delicious. Mm. Um, will anything change? How about this? Will I notice anything different tomorrow as opposed to today? Well, the problem, I think part of the problem is going to be what we've been talking about Labor shortages, right? Ooh. Some places are not going to be fully open. They just can't. They just don't have the ability. They don't have the ability. And so, and we've also been hearing all these weeks and months, restaurants saying, wow, we had no idea how profitable it was to do a takeout business. Just saying. And the other restaurants who did do takeout, but they also expanded their outdoor area. So I think it's just going to look different. Fully open is going to probably look a little different. But I think for Not like for 2019 residents, open. Right, because they they just can't. Some places can't, some mm-hmm. places won't. But I just think for the residents, fully open is going to mean something personal. Maybe it's so it's a mental thing. It's a mental thing. It's a mental block that you're going to right. be able to put aside. And, and, over, and, and places that can open are going to open. The museums, fully open, and staying open later. Yeah, the, like the shed. Is going to get like extended hours on Friday to celebrate the fact that we are back to hashtag old normal. Wait, you know which other museum is going to be open What's that? later? The DuSable Museum. Why do we name it after just that? Want, I just wanted to point that we out. We need to change the name of it. It's already got a museum. It's already got a museum. There's too much. Columbus. Bingo. I like that. Let's go. Lincoln. That'll there take you go, off, right? right? Uh, how about this weekend? Maybe you like the ponies. Arlington Park, I, and that's kind of like you got to get in before you. Well, that's you can, what right? that's a great example of. They've already sold tickets, so they say they're not going to sell more tickets for this weekend because that would give. If I already had a ticket and then she's walked in and bought a ticket, he might get a better seat than me because now they're mm. going to open it more. So they're not going to do that. They're going to let the people who already got their tickets this weekend enjoy it and not have anyone, you know, get a better ticket than them. But when they do fully reopen. They're dealing with a shortage, so they're not going to be at a hundred percent capacity. I mean, and I just, just for that I, reason. But I just think about what a large 
business, venue. you know, what a, a large venue that is mm-hmm. and the amount of but workers you, it would take to run a place. you see actually doing that, though? Say there's a thousand people standing outside wanting to come into waving, Arlington Park. Waving money? Going, hey, we've got money. We yeah. want to come in and spend it. I've seen no, that no, at some of these places. You, uh, we well, have these to say that. People already bought tickets. Well, when you hear <laughs> that it's ticket only, why would you even go? I mean, people aren't going to show up. Yeah. Do you guys have valid passports? That's not a trick question. I yes. do, yes. Yeah. So, so do I. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, you mean not um, expired? Yeah, that you could go yeah. fly, you could, or take a boat or drive to a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem still exists, though, that even with whatever we call old normal here, I'm still kind of restricted of where I can go outside the U.S. Well, and I know in my head, I'm thinking fully opened U.S. It's only us because and I feel like we've been so behind. What do you mean? We've been, we've been more careful. So I feel like our our even phases, with all the controversy and everything, right. we're, we're still right. better there off are, than you know, a lot Wisconsin's of other countries. been open for a while. Let's put right. that Indiana. Mm-hmm. But there are places that are not. You're right that you still do have to. You, you were just in California. Everyone's wearing a mask. So there are well. places, not to mention abroad as well. Um, places like the CDC just uh, rolled out another um, travel issue or issued a travel, not order, but where you should and shouldn't go. India. You know what? That would be a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was my summer vacation. Although, I'm vaccinated. Yeah, but yeah. I, would, I don't know if I would still take that chance. So even scary. so, even they're saying, but and then it's so funny how they group them because I feel sorry for Mexico's grouped with Russia and Iran. Don't you know you can go? That's a, that's a trio you don't hear. Very I know, often. right? You know, but it's Mexico, Russia, and Iran, Iran. Yeah, uh, and poor Mexico. Triumvirate. So it's People recommending go to Mexico all the time. I've got friends that go to Mexico constantly. Yeah, yeah. but it's Ted recommending against non-essential travel for those who are unvaccinated. My summer oh, vacation yeah. is essential. It's on. This is mostly yeah, for unvaccinated is. people. Right. I. You know that I think about it now. My son had a Mexico vacation plan like more than a year ago. Mm-hmm. I'm, I. He didn't cancel it. So I'm sure it's still no. It's he, on. Yeah, it's on exactly. But he's been, ta- he's been talking about it, and every time he does, I'm like, Mexico, not so much. Still, still not so much. But now, if you're vaccinated, go for How it. How much of an ugly American am I that I almost don't consider Mexico and Canada foreign countries? I'm right? like, eh, I, I know, not, right? That's not like going to a foreign country. Like for me, you say, oh, we're going to go to a foreign country. I got to get on a plane and fly about eight hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now we're in a foreign country. Right. Now we're somewhere else. And if you can drive over the border, really? Is it foreign? Is it, is is it, it really? Not really. That's just a line you drew. You know? Belgium is go. a foreign country. Yeah. Iran is a foreign right. country. By the way, I don't think I'm going to be traveling to Iran regardless of the uh, the COVID issue. Here's something, though. I What is it? And And maybe is it related to the grand reopening and some of these changes? Does anyone else notice... Masks on the ground. Use. Don't get me dirty. started. No, okay, I'm, okay, so it's not just me. They're I think I, I'm just my, walking okay. one block. I think I passed three or four of them. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I have a corner house, okay. a corner lot. You're on the corner. I, and I feel for some reason a lot of garbage. And I live across you from a park okay. where they play a lot of sports. Got it. I get a lot of garbage. I don't know if, I, if it's a corner lot thing, but I tend to congregate on my lawn like the way the wind goes I, almost every day i have to pick up a mask and yeah. i do not want to touch i know it's stupid i, I know no, you i don't want to touch any garbage i'm not I'm, I'm gonna exaggerate slightly to prove the point 
When I see a dirty mask on the ground, it's just slightly better than a used needle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, it's right. just slightly better. Because you and know still, like, COVID's on I, like, that mask. I like, <laughs> walk away from it. I know. I cross the street like, yeah, there's a mask over there. I don't think I want to get any close to it. Oh, that. my gosh. That is perfect. Yeah, like there's a little bit of heroin left in the needle. There's a little Not bit of COVID left in the mask. Not going anywhere near So I have to take the, the garbage, the jewel bag, the you know plastic uh, bag. I have to invert it. And like yeah. I'm picking up dog poop and pick it up. We need to get you that hand, the thing... There you go. Chop it up. Oh, don't Ouch, think I don't do my uh, grass in the street. I sure do, Nick. You're right. You people. Let them clean it. Hey, yo, we I, pay a lot of taxes. Can I just run? I can run over the mask with the lawnmower. That'll take care of it, there too. Just check I, need one one of those, I need one of those pointy, those ones, those pointy yeah, those sticks, sticks that the prisoners use on the side of the um, expressway. Yeah, with the claws on the end of it? Yeah, I just stab it. You're like three feet away yeah. at all times? I like that. <laughs> um, here's a better idea, people. Don't throw your masks on the ground. Ugh. Oh, do I love, love Nutella? <laughs> I'm Bruce, and I love Nutella. Judy and Cheese with me here. Uh, I'm getting like frequent flyer miles at the Nutella Cafe. Nice. Cheese and Points, I went there. Yeah. Uh, I had the Nutella pancakes with extra Nutella. <laughs> and a side of Nutella to go. I'll with have that, a side yeah. of Nutella with that. Oh, yeah, good. You don't mind? Shot a shot but of Nutella. Are those days going to be coming to an end? There's a bleeping hazelnut <laughs> uh, shortage, apparently. The price of, of hazelnuts has gone up 60%, and it may, it may and will have some effect on frickin' Nutella. Well, my goodness, a 13-ounce jar of Nutella has 50 hazelnuts. <sighs> 50? 50, that's a lot of hazelnuts. Where had... do they grow hazelnuts at? Uh, Turkey? Hmm. And they're saying that it's been bad weather in Turkey, which I haven't <laughs> been paying attention to. I don't pay attention to the weather patterns and, in Turkey. And yeah. it is affecting the hazelnut crop. I don't even know. what a, is it a I, tree? Do we mine hazelnuts? Where do they come from exactly? Elves make them with magic. Elven magic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nuts right. are usually on a tree. Okay, I'll take that. I mean, what? We don't do it. In, doesn't anyone in America make uh, California doesn't grow hazelnuts? What I don't on, know God. about the hazelnut what I would suggest production world. to you is that you run over to that Target and you buy every jar. Start stocking up. Should Better? I get into panic buying? If, they, if, no, if they're, if they're the on the shelves. Let's go for the five-gallon tub. Yeah. Ooh. They have a pallet usually yeah. in the aisle of all the Nutella jars and just go, I'll take this. Yeah. Good luck. Just let's get forklift. a forklift in. Beep. Yep. Beep. Beep. Let's close down and the aisle. Because once you do a story like this, everyone's going to run out and buy it. Yeah. Even if we, like, I don't even, I'm not a big she Nutella fan. She doesn't like fan. it, she's just going to buy it. Well, because it's going to be worth something. Uh, Bruce is going to pay me dearly for that something. in about a yes. month. That Nutella black market <laughs> that'll be doing it. Yeah. Brown market. I'll yeah. have it on the corner. <laughs> yeah. What do you need? Yo, dude, uh, you ever see you open up their trench coat? What, Nutella? Yeah, I got your, I got your Nutella right here. Um, this might affect, okay, so Starbucks has hazelnut flavored drinks. Yeah. Is that going to be one of the things? That Starbucks might be having a problem with. Why? Because Starbucks is, it sounds to me like they're doing a preemptive strike. If you're addicted to Starbucks, they recently announced, as in yesterday, we we are having a shortage of some of the ingredients. Dozens for of yeah. ingredients. Yeah. How many do they have? When you come and order, we may not be able to make the coffee-inspired flavored drink that you normally have can you imagine the karens 
going oh ballistic oh. Well, that- when you can't get a half-calf decaf chai latte uh, leave room with a twist or something? Yeah. I mean, they're going to go so I'm, I, I, people When people order in front of me sometimes, I'm like, I have no idea what, what did you just say? I, I am, so, and I now I've, I've gotten better, but I used to be like so afraid when I used to go to, because I, then they're like, <laughs> what size? It go starts to with what size? And I'm like, what are those sizes? What's a vente? What's a, I'm like, it's I, large regular? in three different languages, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> I did not go to Starbucks for years because I was intimidated with ordering. Yeah, yeah. totally. I thought it was like the soup Nazi. Yeah. No like Starbucks blah, 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 blah. for you. Like that I would do it wrong. You order wrong. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd be embarrassed. And they would be like, get out, just get out. And I would, I, yeah. I, I had anxiety over ordering at a Starbucks. And I, I don't know why this bothers me, but it does. Can I have your name? For what? I just don't know. Oh, I always give them a fake name. Yeah, you don't give them. Why do they even need a name? And come up with good fake names. I I use Ignatius a lot. Iggy for short. I tell them. I'm sorry, Iggy. We've got your coffee, Iggy. This is in the drive-through lane. Like AJ in the drive-through lane. Why do you need my name? So they know whose coffee is. The little no things. So they can say, "Here you go, Judy." That is why they want to know your name, just for that reason. And I I don't know why. It just bugs me. I don't want to give them my name. Yeah. Come up with so yeah, we know that there will be no hazelnuts, so don't even try. Please don't yell at Starbucks baristas if we run out of something to make your drink. One barista wrote on Twitter: Starbucks is having a shortage on items, and we have no control over it. Now, here's maybe one of the most interesting parts about Starbucks: they won't tell us what they're running out of. Right? They won't tell us what there's a shortage, so it's not even like they can tell you ahead of time. Hey, don't order anything with soy milk because we're out of it. Well, you're no, just no, no, going to no, no. have to order and then figure oh. out no, what they're That's what you know why they're this is this is brilliant. We're not going to tell you we don't have soy because then you won't even come and get your coffee. Oh. Come here and then when we tell you we don't have it, we'll, but we'll substitute. Yeah, we'll substitute. We'll make it better. What's and a they, substitute for soy milk? Goat milk. Oh, milk. God. <laughs> milk milk. Milk milk. Oh, no, I can't but, do you that. Know, but that. So that makes me even hate Starbucks more. <laughs> not telling us ahead of time. so we Not go, the fact that it's yeah. $6 for a cup yeah, of coffee. I don't that go to doesn't, Starbucks. Yeah, that doesn't. I, no, no, uh, that bothers it. me too. But, yeah. Yeah, and apparently the chai tea people, that's, that's affected as well. I don't even well. know what that is. I don't, I don't know. know. I think, they put, even know what I think yeah. they put pudding in it. I'm not really pudding. sure. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what chai tea is. If they're down 25 different ingredients... How many ingredients do they have? Have you ever looked behind the, no! the barista bar or whatever that's called? I'm too busy There's looking at everywhere. my Starbucks cheat book. How to order? How to order. I, I order like, there's only two things I order from Starbucks. I'm not even sure what they are, but it's just the only thing I know how to order yeah. and sound confident. What? Are you- <laughs> what is it? You know what I order? Coffee. Yeah, can you I can't have coffee? Just order coffee? Yeah, no, they you look can. at you like, what Ready? else? Hold on. <clears throat> I walk up. I look in the eye. Of the, can I help you? I look him right in the eye. Yeah. Okay. I'm confident. I'm a man. I know what I'm doing. And I'll say, I'll have a grande mocha frappuccino. No whip. <laughs> Boom. And I walk away. I don't even know what it is. It tastes I like don't a milkshake. It, it tastes it? like a milkshake. <laughs> I okay. Know. It's a grande mocha frappuccino. No whip. Because I don't like the whipped cream on top. I think somehow I'm saving calories. But I'm sure it's got like 8,000 yeah, in it. Or whatever. So grande mocha frappuccino. No whip. No, I was just went to Starbucks because I was at this resort. And I ordered a coffee with, I said, with cream. Because I was getting it for my friend, and she said, cream, no sugar. So I did one of those people. I go, and the girl said to me, do you want the cream in place of the water? And I was like, what? That's a thing? I, and I'm like, you put water? And she goes, well, I mean, when I'm making the coffee, do you want me to? And I said, I don't I don't know. I want a coffee with cream. Can you make coffee with I don't, cream? I, I, 
it blew my mind. And then I, I was just embarrassed. Away. Yeah, I was just saying. No, because the people behind me were giving knowing looks like, yeah, do I'm you out. want the cream instead of the water? I'm like, I'm I don't out. know. I don't know what you're talking about, lady. I'm out. <laughs> just give me a Big Mac and I'm <laughs> out of here. I'm going to go to Duncan. I'm right on my way to Duncan. Bottle of water for me and I'll just call it a day. Dr. Susan Bleasdale, director of, what is your title again? Uh, uh, infection prevention. Okay, let's go with that. You don't sound too sure of that, Doctor. I was going to say, you said it with a question mark on the end. <laughs> Dr. Bleasdale, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. And we want to talk to you. First off, how excited are you and how confident and comfortable are you with the, the reopening of Illinois and Chicago at midnight tonight? Well, I'm excited because I think it's uh, it's important for us as a as a community. It's important for our overall, I think, well being and mental health to be able to open up and be able to be connected to other people. I think it's good timing because we have so many people that have taken advantage of the vaccine and are going to be protected by the vaccine. Our numbers are coming down. We just have to, you know, still be cautious, but mm-hmm. I, I am excited about this. I think this is um, this is a good time for, for people to get engaged. It's also getting into the, the summertime where um, it's, it's just good timing. It's here, been here. a long year. You know, and it's interesting, doctor, because as you said, cases are down, but mostly adult cases. Hasn't there been an increase in adolescents, though, getting COVID? Well, you know, I think there is, um, compared to a year ago, yes, because we've had kids that have been out and doing more activities. There has been a decrease in adults, and it's it's been kind of marching along in the age groups that we were able to vaccinate, and it really shows the vaccine protection and that our first numbers that came down were those 65 and older. And, of course, young people have only recently been able to get vaccinated down to age 12, and under 12, they're not. Um, and so, yes, there are still cases that are happening in younger age groups and still in our adult age groups that haven't taken advantage of the vaccine yet. Um, and so it, it's still important that as we open up that people are making wise choices uh, around who they're around, who you take your mask down. And um, it, it, this doesn't mean as we're opening up that COVID is gone, unfortunately, but we're needing to find a new way to to live with this and to still keep it under control. Dr. Susan Bleasdale uh, is with us right now. What is the science saying? And I, I guess I'd say I know it's been evolving, and I mean that in a good way, regarding the vaccination and kids' age groups. Where are we comfortable with? What's the cutoff right now? Where are we with this? The current cutoff we're at is is this 12 and up. And that first Pfizer was the one that was approved and then Moderna. Uh, and there's ongoing studies that are happening right now with our vaccine candidates for younger age groups. There is a, a trials that go down to infants as young as six months old. Uh, those haven't been um, finalized or approved yet, but the goal is to make vaccine available as long as the data shows that it's safe and effective uh, for, our, for children as well. Do you have any numbers on whether that age group is getting vaccinated, the, the 12 and up? I mean, are, are, yeah. are we f- seeing good numbers? Well, we are. We saw a little bit of um, kind of an early jump. There was a, you know, we had lots of people wanting to get vaccinated earlier this year, and then things slowed a little bit. And then um, when the, in May, when the announcement came out that 12 to 16 was added in, uh, we had an additional kind of increase. 
And this has been slow and steady. I think there's a fair number of people that are getting their children vaccinated in this age group because it helps to protect them against the infection. It helps to protect those around them that are uh, maybe vulnerable for serious complications from the infection. It also, when you get vaccinated, you, if you are exposed, you don't need to quarantine, which as many uh, of these young age kids were in school, um, they were having exposures and getting uh, removed from in-person school to have to be in quarantine. So this was, a, a, I think, an increase to be able to keep going with activities by getting vaccinated as well. Um, and now as things are opening up for that age group, if they're vaccinated, they can, um, they can go unmasked uh, in certain settings. Wow. Just a really quick follow up, a follow up to that, too. Do you think parents who aren't getting vaccinated aren't going to get their kids vaccinated? Mm. That's interesting. I, you know, I think that was would be my assumption. But I have heard there are some parents that that chose not to get vaccinated and got their children vaccinated. And I think it may be because of some of those things that I mentioned, like not having to be in quarantine, being able to continue with in-person school. Many of the schools are finishing up right now. But I think um, that, that those are just anecdotal. I haven't heard very many um, uh, because I, you know, I think it just depends on their questions or concerns why they wouldn't get vaccinated as well. We would hope that they would get vaccinated themselves too. But um, anyone vaccinated is additional numbers that help to, to protect, uh, protect themselves and protect the community as well. Wow. Uh, Dr. Bleasdale, I really appreciate you, you shedding some light on this because, because again, it's just part of us as we continue to move towards whatever normalcy might look at. I know I've asked you this question before, and I'm just curious because, again, I know the numbers are changing all the time. The science is changing all the time. How confident are you that we get to community immunity? Something you taught me about. Thank you very much. Uh, we're using that terminology. And... Uh, what does that number look like? What, what is what is that percentage we need to get to, and how confident are you we'll get there? Well, you know, I think there's different um, numbers that are out there around this community immunity or community protection that will that we need. Um, we are definitely getting in that direction. You know, the goal, the kind of low end goal is 70%. For different activities, it may be higher, somewhere around 85% for certain settings. But I think overall, if we get over 70% of our population vaccinated, that is really going to provide community protection and community immunity. And and we're going we're gonna to see where these are right now as we're opening up. We have um, really... Uh, you know, a great number of people were well into the 60% that have at least received one dose of vaccine in Illinois. And it's likely that we will achieve that over 70% overall. Dr. Bleestel, thank you so much for your insight. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Enjoy thank you. your day. Enjoy hashtag old normal. Yeah. Uh, enjoy Chicago <laughs> reopening. She's Dr. Susan Bleasdale. And uh, as we continue to see that the tweens now uh, eligible and getting the vaccine just yeah. part of this move toward uh, a real normalcy. It's Bruce, Judy and Cheese and the ongoing soap opera saga of the Chicago public school system uh, may be taking a bit of a different turn. Add another piece to the puzzle as the state legislature is getting back together. I don't know if it constitutes a special session or over time or I don't know what they call it. But they're going to get back together specifically to vote on a couple of key things. One of them being 
the creation of an elected school board for the city of Chicago. In case you weren't keeping track at home, the current one is just appointed by the mayor. Right? Does that mean that every time there's a mayor, does everybody resign? Is that kind of one of those... It's like the cabinet of a president, feel, like, you know. I feel like, yeah, and I feel like they have, okay. like, terms, sort of, too, right? All right. So what would an elected school board do? You know, only because, I, I, listen, I'd like to think I'm I'm a, a hell of a pessimist. I can find the bad in anything. Um, <laughs> it's a gift. Yeah. It's what I do. Yeah, it's a hobby. Gift. But even I, when thinking about this, my initial reaction was, well, that's a good thing. Let the community, let the parents run for, elect the people they want to represent them and their kids yeah. and their local school, right? Like, how's that be a bad thing? Because then you started to think about it. Then I started to think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you got even more pessimistic. This could be a, di- a disaster. <laughs> Knowing how few a people actually engage in local politics. Knowing how few a people may actually vote for a a, a school board member in their community. You can see how groups with vested interests in running a school board could pour money into a race or encourage their group of influence, teachers union, to get out and vote for their candidate, thereby packing a school board and the community saying, how the hell did that person get elected? Well, because you didn't vote. Well, yeah, but I don't vote in local elections. Exactly. I mean, if you don't vote for the president or the mayor or the governor, what makes you think they're going to vote for the school board? Yeah, but I think a lot of people vote for, they get caught up in the president or the governor or a senate and they don't pay attention to the local races right and and i've made the argument i feel confident in it that the local races are the ones that actually affect your life who there sits is. in the yeah. white house sorry i mean you can believe it that's fine that doesn't change my life necessarily yeah. and they win many times by one vote well, votes. that's what I'm saying. By so few yeah, people, so few. the margins are are so unbelievably, unbelievably narrow. Right now, off the bat, the problem I have with the school what's board, that? It, it's 21 seats. 21. It's double what anyone else in America has. Nobody everywhere. The right. biggest school boards the are other 10. Ones are, yeah. So ours so, are 21. Right, now, they so, say there's a reason behind it. You ready for the reason? They say a 21-member elected Chicago school board, and by the way, this is expected to pass down in Springfield, that it would be, the districts would be small enough that, Judy, you, as a parent who cares about the local elementary school and the high school down the street, right? That you would be able to run in your district because it's small enough and you wouldn't need a million dollars in TV and radio ads, you know, or signs on the side of the road in order to get elected. That's the argument for more districts is that you could literally knock on all the doors type Mm -hmm. thing. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, the problem I have, though, with, with uh, such a big board, to me, comes big problems. Okay. It's, you know, just the process of organization, just the, uh, that board agreeing to do on anything. 21 people coming to an agreement, it scares me. Um, When you take a look at other cities, this has the, like any government entity, it has the potential to get out of control. Yeah, bigger is not better. I I use they looked at Los Angeles. In LA, there's only 7 board members. Los Angeles has 7. Hmm. Okay? 7. They say the over time, those 7 members have hired staff and aides that they have a larger staff than the actual school district has staff. Yeah, now think about 21 members. members yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's just, it, it, to me, it's an excuse to just balloon out to disgusting proportions. And they also, because they're politicians, the other politicians vote on them, and they're all making six-figure oh salaries. Gosh. Yeah. And they're saying neither of those issues, the size of your staff, and or salaries is addressed in the Illinois bill, the Chicago yeah, bill. Yeah, and that's actually a lot is not addressed in the bill. Mm. And, you know, that's the way they like to do things. Leave the bill wide open so then when all when all the problems start, you have to go back and tweak it. It just, it seems to me that this is not well thought through yet. I want to use L.A. again as an example. Last year, they had school board elections. Mm-hmm. Competing political groups spent $15 million on three races. You go back four years, they spent $10 million, some of it coming from the union, others coming from people pushing charter schools or different things. So you could see where this just becomes about big money and the school board becomes just like any other monolith out there where you are bought and paid for by the time you show up on the first day and you're merely there uh, representing a special interest, not the parents of your district or the Mm -hmm. children. Again, it looks like it's going to pass. Yeah. It looks like it's going to pass. But in many other cities, these, these elected school boards haven't always turned out for the better. I will admit, though, what's the solution? Uh, am I am I supposed to feel better off with Mayor Lightfoot just picking the school board? No, but I, it's just it is amazing that they went right for the the big big twenty one yeah. member, the largest school board. The put it this way, I'm no math genius, but the if it passes, it is expected the Chicago elected school board will be three times the size of the Los Angeles yeah. school board. Which is which is a larger school district than Chicago. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't let that get in the way. Right? <laughs> yeah. Don't let that get in the way. I mean, and you figure they would have just said, hey, let's see how the other big cities are doing it. Oh, look. Let's, you know, LA, here's they the ones have, that screwed it up. Let's do it. Okay, I see your screw double up. that. Yeah. I can one-up you Triple on that. Yeah. Triple, Triple it. it. Right? Exactly. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Let's kick off the 7 o'clock hour taking a look at the big three stories Well, everyone's talking about. And Judy starts us off. Countries around the world struggling with a shortage of COVID vaccines could get a shot in the arm from the U.S. President Biden is buying the vaccines for them. Closer to home, though. Hashtag old normal. Starting tomorrow, Chicago and Illinois 
reopen fully phase five. There is no phase six, Chase. There is nothing else there. The Olympics, they're about six weeks away, but yet Tokyo right now is under a state of emergency due to a rise in COVID-19 cases. And they just announced they might track athletes by GPS to see where they're going and what they're doing. Mm. My goodness. Just in case one of them gets COVID. All right, so, you know, we, we know that, that it's been a bit of a challenge, maybe, for the last year and a half. I feel like that's an understatement of biblical proportions, right? right? But um, because of that, uh, a lot of folks have been secluded, maybe spent a hell of a lot more time inside, maybe more time on the computer, uh, screen time. It's, I get that little thing from Apple, like, your screen time is, and it's just embarrassing, yeah. the amount of screen time that I, I have now. Between my different devices. Oh, they tell you how long you've been on. Yeah, they'll nice. tell you how many how many hours. I'm surprised mm-hmm. it's just wow. a, break it down by the day now. Just how many days. <laughs> Apple I emails online. me. They're like, you haven't been spending enough time on the screen. Uh, but we have uh, that lends itself to scams, sweepstakes, lottery prize scams. And we're not just just talking about Nigerian princess. Joining us right now is Steve Burness. And Steve is the president and CEO of the Illinois Better Business Bureau. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Outstanding so far. So did I did I set it up right? Are are the scams increasing? Is there more of it going on because so many more people are just kind of living their life online these days? While the reports about the scams are decreasing about 16%, the financial losses is increasing. So it's about 35% up since uh, since the pandemic. And Whoa. as you said, it's a lot of people are you know confined to the home and the isolation of being the pandemic. There are a lot of more people who are susceptible to this, especially the people over 55. And it seems to be that category that's getting uh, hit the most unfortunately and it seems to it doesn't go away you know it's a it's a billion dollar industry of fraud um you know and it's just, it's a worldwide problem it's just not a, a chicago or illinois problem it's all over the world but a lot in the in the u.s and it just i never stop hearing about it this is my mm-hmm. 34th year at the bbb and it just continues and you know, and there's the only way to put scams out of business is not to give them the business and and I think that's the key, and the the, the key to this, the uh, you know, fake lotteries and fake winning sweepstakes is the, the tip off to the rip off is that you do not have to pay somebody to win the prize. I mean, that is if everybody would adhere to that in some way, or tell your parents, grandparents, tell Judy, tell everybody else oh. as well, um, you know, <laughs> that you know you don't win that way, and that would. That would take well, the scam down. Steve, are the, are the, I, I guess, are the scammers, the, the sweepstakes, the prize people, those sending emails or texts, or, are they, are they just getting better at it? Are they, are they, are they slicker at it because we hear about the, the, the fraud numbers going up, the amount of dollars going up? Are they just better at it? Yeah, they are better at it, and there's more of them as well. And a lot of these scams come out of Jamaica as well, which is, you Jamaica. know, reeling. Yeah, they're, and yeah, I'm they're, on. they're getting better. They're getting better at it. Come on, they're getting better at it. And basically, there's in the past you could tell there was typos. You know, they spoke differently or had different. Uh, you know, used different words. But today, they, everything sound, seems the same, sounds the same. They have computers doing the, some of the work, the dialing, the calling, the talking. It's so sophisticated, and it's really they befriend the person, and that's what really happens. It's not just a one shot opportunity. They call you for weeks. 
uh, they, you know, they kind of make you a friend and they kind of, you know, tell you that, you know, these great things. They, they talk about church. They talk about anything that you want to hear. So you feel these are uh, a confident. You know, these scams go for months and sometimes years. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, people lose money. It's not just a one-time thing. So we have a consumer we talked to recently in Illinois who lost $72,000 to this scam over a period of about six months. Uh, he kept, uh, you know, his daughter trying to stop him. He opened other accounts because he believed this guy that he won, you know, $15 million. Uh, he believed him. So his daughter tried to help cut him off, and he opened another account unbeknownst to her. And and it's just amazing, Bruce, the amount of, of control they have over these victims. And it's all the same thing, paying for a prize that should be free. And that's really the tip-off to the rip-off. I can't stress it, you know, how much people have to understand that but steve did you find that during the pandemic especially there were new victims new meat as they say Uh, people who wouldn't normally yeah yeah talk about that a little bit yeah people normally who don't fall for this we're falling for it because i get a lot of calls in a day you know i've been doing this for a long time so i have a lot of friends out there and they call me directly say i'd never fall for it but you know they caught me on the phone or you know i saw this email or everybody's on the computers now and it seems to be more so than ever but a lot of people are being home and and that's what they do they're still calling they're still texting they're still you know social media posts they're doing anything to get your attention and it seems to be working and i i think it's at a point where they better business bureau suggests you not answer your phones anymore because the chances wow. that rip off are pretty pretty solid let it go to voicemail you know if you don't know that caller id let it go to voicemail and then do the research on that company before uh, uh before click uh calling that person because it's getting so bad the robocalls i get you know i had my phone since the bag phone back in the 80s <laughs> but i get you know 15 or 16 robocalls a day yeah i go you know and is this, they're continuously, and they're really close to my number now. They're using, I don't think consumers realize that caller ID can be quickly manipulated by a $20 program. So it kind of makes it look like it's coming from your you know, general range or your yeah. phone Okay, I've noticed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's almost like your number, yep. right? Yep. It's, with, it's within, yeah. within three exactly. or four digits of your number. Yeah, that's a new thing. We're talking to Steve <laughs> Burness, president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau. So, Steve, you know what I get mostly? I get, and I do let it go to voicemail, but then I can't help myself from calling them back. No. Even oh. though I, I know it's a scam. But I get the, this is the Social Security Administration. Your number has been compromised. Oh, boy. Okay, like that would never happen, right? Because I call them back. Social Security number. Yeah. Don't even have phones. It says no. It <laughs> says my. It says my Social Security number has been suspended. That's it. Which ah, is like haha. Right. So I call them back and I just go on and and it's hilarious to me. But and then they usually hang up on me. Exactly. After but, I you know, get it back anybody call. Anybody calls asking for personal information, especially your social security number, please don't give it out. Uh, it happens to a lot of people. It's increasing, especially by text now. They, we had a, a big surge in the last few weeks. Uh, a lot of people are getting the you know Department of Motor Vehicles from uh, uh, Secretary of State Jesse White's office that you need to update your driver's license information, and they're asking for the social security number once you click on those links. So again, my my relative has fallen for this scam recently. And well, you know what? But that it's so real, and especially. Right. now with the covid so many you know they were shut down for a while it's hard to even get to the the dmv so i even the social security number i called back the first time because i wasn't sure even though it sounded so ridiculous i'm like well but why are they calling you know what i mean and i could see someone who is not as savvy as me yeah i'm totally falling for it it happens all the time to the best of people it happens to doctors lawyers 
priest. It doesn't matter. I've heard from everybody. It, it just really they, they they know what they're doing. They wake up every day doing this to people, and they're good at it. And so they really know what to say and, and how to scare you. And most times it's fear. Sometimes it's you know you're going to lose your benefits. You're going to go to jail. The IRS is going to come down and arrest you. The police officer is on his way, and people get scared and they kind of uh, you know fall for these types of scams. But it's usually unconventional methods like payments too. So it's not only you know people calling you asking for personal information. That's a no. Do not do that. But any unconventional payment methods, including wiring money. Gift cards is a big now thing oh, God. that scammers are using because as soon as I can't you believe number, people fall for that still. It's still it's amazing what yeah. happens, Bruce. Send, every single send day, me, send uh, me Best Buy gift cards, and and uh, the government is now taking that as payment yeah. uh, to get your name <laughs> off of a off of a list. Yeah. Steve, thank you for your time. I, I hope somebody heard that again. Hope they they're going to speak to maybe let's just be honest, maybe their parents or their grandparents about not falling for these scams, double checking. You know, all of that, that uh, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Yeah. People do not call you up offering you money if you just send right. them a little bit And we bit of money. say, oh, I can't believe people fell for that. But sometimes this is the first time people are, are being exposed to this. Yeah. So it is easy to fall for it. I assume anybody who calls is a scammer. Yeah. I know that way. How that? Yeah. I don't even answer the phone unless no, I know the number. Absolutely not. No, there's no reason to. Maybe you're already thinking about lunch. Will you consider but- eating at Chipotle? I've eaten at Chipotle yeah. before. Oh, yeah. But if you're used to at least what your normal uh, lunch order, dinner order costs, it's going to co- uh, start costing a little bit more very shortly. And this is not because they're running out of rice or beans or whatever the hell else they put on things. It's for a very different reason, Judy. Yes. Yeah, so um, they are going to start paying their employees. An average of $15 an hour. No, I'm sorry. They pay them that now. They're going to increase that by 35 to 4%. So, I mean, as much as $17 an hour. Here's the thing. We're going to pay for that. So there's Your two burrito ways you can is going to cost it. a lot more. Right. There's two ways to look at it. One, you can be outraged that because we're going to pay our employees $15 or more, you're going to, you're going to pick that up. You, you, you the burrito buyer the bold whatever you're getting or you could also look at it list at least they're honest about it we're not going to pay for it but you know what i was you're ju- going to pay for yeah, it yeah <laughs> i was just trying to look up here the you know these ppp loans that we yeah yeah and free money, money. The, that was the paycheck protection program that was right that was most of the bigger chains took that money yeah they got they got money they got yeah. the big so i want to in chipotle if they're going to be that honest I want to know how much of that they got and why they're not using that money. Mm. That's what it's for. Okay. I mean, you know. And is are it they- for raises or is it just to keep people employed? Because I wonder if that's two different things. Right. You see but, what I'm saying? I mean, did did they keep their full staff on during the pandemic? Maybe they, they did. Couldn't have, could they? Well, I, I don't know. Not, Some restaurants it, were still busy, even if it was just takeout. Or yeah, yeah. And Chipotle is a big takeout place, right? I mean, I do imagine. people don't usually eat there? They take it out. You people don't eat at Chipotle, do well, you? Well, they yeah. do. I guess they have tables. They have tables. I've yeah. seen them. Have you ever eaten at Chipotle? Oh, yeah. I have tons of times. You're yeah. a, you're a, you're of of the group of us cheese. You're more of a Chipotle guy. Yeah. Does it bother you in the size? If, if if prices go up, let's say five percent. No, not going to notice. 5%. You're not going to notice. No. Won't bother you. Instead of eight dollars and thirty six cents, it's nine dollars. Right. You're still having your what do you order there, by the way? Uh the chicken burrito bowl. Chicken burrito bowl. White rice, no beans, extra rice. Brandon, you're shaking your head. 
My Chipotle, I'm a frequent flyer at Chipotle. Frequent flyer, okay, good for you. Four times a week. Like she walks in, four times a week. Literally. But my order is always late, my online order. So why do they, I don't even understand. They mess it up all the time. Oh my goodness. Because Luke would get it, my son, when he was home. Every single time, he would just start laughing about it. He's like, my gosh, I don't know how many times I have to say no peppers or whatever he says. Wait, you're telling me someone at a fast food restaurant actually messed up? I've never heard this before. All the it's time. Yeah, I don't care. I expect good but service. But it's Chipotle. It's not yeah. that hard. Beans, chicken, rice, lettuce. It's not that hard. You say right. that. Yeah. How many you times have you that. gone through the, the drive-thru and said, uh, give me the two cheeseburger meal, fries, and a Coke, and you get home and there's one cheeseburger? <laughs> no comment. You know, yeah. see? <laughs> now, I'm new. all about paying workers who don't get paid enough more, so but I'm... But you just don't want to pay for it. You just well, don't want to pay I'm for it. I'm okay to pay for it I, if it's five cents, although, but I'm not okay... If Chipotle took all this, all of my money, as you like to say, I think you're splitting hairs because no, I think, the, I, I don't think I'm, so. I'm, I'm willing. I'm on the side of I'm willing to at least give them credit. Hey, everybody wants to fight for fifteen, and everybody should make a living wage. And you I don't care if you're a burger, you should do that. Great, you're gonna pay for it. it it's the, the money's coming from somewhere. You know okay, what I'm saying? How about this? If Chipotle did really well during the pandemic and made a ton of money, they should share that with their employees. They're in not, business to make money. I should, that's right. Yeah. And I'm sure they made enough. They can give What's their... enough? Why can't they kick some over to their employees and pay them? What's that's enough? How, that's how business works, right? No. You want to well, keep your employees... No, business down works in the to last maximize year profit. For everybody. We, no we don't know. Or- some, but no, some places did very well during the pandemic. Are you kidding me? So I need to know that up front. I need to know if they got the money from the government and if they made money during the pandemic. I'm going to say they did because my son alone ate Chipotle twice a week during the <laughs> pandemic. And I would, I would my, like my son right. alone well, you know has been keeping this place. We're in not, business. We don't, we didn't order out a lot before that. And I would say, don't, I'll make something. Don't order out. But during the pandemic, order out. Yeah. I, I was all about ordering out. And a lot of it was to help those, those places stay afloat. Right. Cause we were all hearing about that. Oh my gosh. You know, at least shop there or go online, whatever you do, or go to the small mom and pop places to help them out. So, yeah, I just wish I had more answers from Chipotle. I, 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 I uh, listen. I, I understand the concern of yours. I, I think you fundamentally misunderstand how business works. the The CEO of Chipotle, his job is to maximize profit. Period. Full stop. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't do that, they find another CEO. He's to drive stock price and make as much money as possible. I His think job you, but is here's not the thing: to, uh, give money back that they made to the employees. But he was the ex CEO. I think you fundamentally that. don't understand how oh, a please. good business works, like Amazon or uh, Starbucks. When you treat your employees well, you do better. You you. And you, you still cried, make money. You cried foul because Jeff Bezos makes so much money, and and no, because he doesn't pay taxes. Employees. Well, I cried. Why foul should he, he give it back? No, he doesn't pay taxes. That's well, why I was crying foul. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying those are the companies that we know about who treat their employees well tend to do better. Chipotle's doing fine, by the way. Stock is up pretty, pretty good. By yeah. the way, when you take a look at it, they've they've had a good year. Yeah, I bet they have. If you will, that their their stock it looks like it's up. Hmm, I'm not very good at percentages. 
15, 20% maybe in the last wow, year. Wow, that's huge. That's the job of the CEO. He'll yeah. get a bonus how about that. taking a, get a How bonus. about taking a 1% of that and kicking it over to your employees? Who helped well, you make the that? They who helped you stock. make that? Investors own the stock, and investors want them to make money. Mm-hmm. Investors could give a crap about what they're paying the employees. Investors All I know is if you stock. work at a crappy place, you don't work there very long. Fair Unless enough. you have to. So I don't think Chipotle's looking at the people making burritos as career. I just I don't think that's I, I hold Chipotle to a little bit higher standard than I hold like it to McDonald's. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Don't you? I think it's a little bit better than like just like Starbucks is a little bit better than McDonald's. Oh, the sun's coming up, gonna be nice and warm today. There's always a chance of rain, don't get me wrong. Uh <laughs> hope you enjoy it though. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese with you. And a name we haven't heard, but at least in a couple of weeks, but you might be hearing a lot more of soon. <laughs> Mike Madigan, the former lifetime speaker of the, of the I mean, it's, I mean, this is a guy. It's no exaggeration, right? He 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 served for what forty something years. Yeah. Oh dear God! Recently left though, and left under a bit of a cloud. Mm-hmm. Is it might be a nice way to put it? And we're now learning. Maybe you know we're catching up with maybe some of the things that Mr. Madigan already knew about i.e. that more than one person in his orbit has been wearing an FBI wire for potentially up to the last five years. This is because of a a Chicago Tribune report. To help us put some of that into context, he's the former chairman of the Illinois Republican Party. Pat Brady is with us right now. Pat, uh, I I likened it to, it, it, it feels like the final season of The Sopranos. Uh, is what I'm getting. It, it, the walls are closing in. You're finding out everyone is mic'd up. They bugged everything, and we're starting to get leaks like this. My question to you, how smart is Mike Madigan, and do you think he ever admitted to a crime on tape? He's pretty smart, um, and I don't think he would knowingly admit to a crime, but I think there are ways you can actually implicate yourself without saying, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to do this, and I know mm. it's a fraud. Uh, but the, the, the significance of yesterday's article is, like you said, the over the um, wiretap and actually videotap that Dana Salisi, all the former aldermen had, had going. But just it's just another, another piece in the puzzle that ties into how Madigan, who not only was Speaker of the House and Chairman of the Democratic Party and the most powerful politician in Illinois for decades, he's also a tax appeal lawyer. And every, all these buildings you look at in the city, these big, tall buildings, they hire people like Madigan to get their taxes lowered. Uh-huh. And where the two of those intersect, this is where you're getting the, um, the crime, at least in potential crime, at least in this case. And it all ties into this bigger, broader picture that we're going to see when this all goes to trial, at least the people that have already been indicted. This is the quid really- pro quo type thing. The, the uh, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Yeah, you hire my property tax appeal firm, and I'll help you get this property, in this case, removed from state control, and and you can use it as a parking lot. That's the simplest thing. Doing uh, official acts, not because you're doing them because you're doing public service, but doing them to benefit yourself. So that's Mm. pretty much what it is. Hobbs Act kind of stuff, maybe quid pro quo, whatever, but... Just one more piece in the puzzle, and I think you laid it out perfectly in the intro. This is this is like in the Sopranos. I hope it's a better ending. I didn't really. Care <laughs> there is that. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I, you know, I have a feeling the FBI is going to insist on a yeah. better ending. 
Pat, sometimes I liken Madigan to Blagojevich in mm. terms of, you know, you say what you want and what, you know, he did say it, what he was going to do and sell the seat, whatever. But it almost seemed to me like a little bit of more of a vendetta, like they just wanted to get that guy. That's how I think of it with Madigan. Come hell or high water, they're going to put him behind bars. They're targeting it's, him. It's not going to be one thing. They're good. They, well, this has probably been going on for years. They've been looking mm-hmm. at him because one thing's probably not going to bring him down. He is too smart. It's going to have to be a, a combination of things. Ooh. Yeah, and that, that's a good point, actually. In the article review, this is great reporting that this wire has been up for five years. So yeah. They were investigating him for a long time, and it wasn't aimed at Ed Burke. It was aimed at, at Madigan. But that brings another question here. This can get or could get as broad as a, a RICO indictment, which might take down not just Madigan, but other elements of the Democratic Party. I mean, that's a concern I think that they should probably have. Was this a criminal enterprise? I mean, that's a stretch right now. But I've thought all along, you know, if they are really have been looking at this broadly this long, it could very well be. And that would be really something. He's Pat Brady, the former chairman of the Illinois Republican Party and our political analyst. Um, I, I do find it interesting. It's kind of like what we know versus what they know. Do you know what I'm saying? And the idea that a alderman, and apparently that Alderman Solis, yes. was wearing the wire while he was still an alderman. So this was, if I understand it correctly, for lack of better terms, the feds gave him one of those, you know, well, we could uh, lock you up for the next 10 years, or you could wear a wire. He goes, oh, uh, wire me up. But he wasn't the only one. There apparently are mo- there were multiple wires going on simultaneously, and I would use the term people in Madigan's orbit, but they could have caught up a variety of other people in this as well. Well, you, you typically do, and Mike McClain, his, his guy who got indicted in the ComEd indictment, um, big tapped his phone. So they have a lot of information. That's how Tim Mabes, a couple of weeks ago, his former chief of staff, Madigan, his detail guy, got indicted for lying to the grand jury. This is how, how bad it gets and how Soprano-like it is. Tim Mabes got immunity from a judge. The judge says, okay, you come in and testify. We won't prosecute you, but do not lie. Do not lie. Whatever you do. Grand jury, and he goes in and lies. And Oof. he lies about a real critical component of whether or not McClain, this lobbyist, was acting on behalf of Madigan. So... Another big, big piece in the puzzle as we get closer. Wow. So what? what, what I know it's kind of hard, Pat, but what is your prediction? What do you think? Because sometimes I feel like with Madigan, yeah, he's going to squeak by. He always has. I mean, do you think this is really, really bad news? Yeah, it's horrible news, particularly mates is bad news. The comment indictment was bad news. But listen, I tend to agree with you, Judy. I, I don't know. Proving a quid pro quo down in Springfield and how how it works, it's going to be difficult. Even in the ComEd case, if they were to have indicted Madigan, it's going to be difficult. But it seems like every day, like you're saying about the wires and the overhears and things, they're getting closer. But even if that doesn't happen, when this goes to trial, the ComEd case and these other cases in several months or whenever, the Illinois political system, the way it was operated by Madigan, is going to be on trial. Yeah, yeah, that's the big thing. It's going to be every day. Yeah, Pat, I, I, I guess, and, and a question I would have for you is, knowing what we know, and by the way, knowing Mike Madigan, knowing some of these players as you do, Pat, is this the feds looking to criminalize politics, or is this how the sausage is made? No, I, and not just a, as a Republican, but I was a prosecutor for 11 years. 
This is not politicizing or criminalizing politics. This is it, criminal behavior. Okay. You can't. Maybe it's because we get so we, we're here. Are we so jaded? We get so used to it. Joe jaded. But no, this is not how it operates. You do not use your elected office, a position of trust, for personal gain. That's against the law. That's not politicizing or criminalizing anything. That's against the law. It always has been. But when you live here. You know, there's an indictment every two weeks. You kind of just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in one ear, out the other. Hey, guess what? Somebody else got indicted. Somebody else is wearing an FBI wire. Up. It's just yeah. another day in Chicago politics. Hey, thank you so much, Pat. We appreciate your insight into this. Anytime, guys. Thanks, yeah. Pat. He is Pat Brady, the uh, former uh, um, chairman for the Illinois Republican Party and a, and a, and a political analyst. As, and a uh, former prosecutor. And a former so he prosecutor. Knows. Yeah. He knows. That's he kind of sees the him, intersection yeah, of these, Yeah, what does right? he think? Because Madigan, man, he just, he's like steel. He's slippery. He's slippery and right? he's, yeah. You think he's too smart. I to, do. Have, to have basically admitted to or implicated I mean, himself in a crime. We talk about the political system in Illinois. He made it. He is the he, political system. He is system. the political system. So that's a big <laughs> He's one the to tree. take down. Everybody else is a branch. Let me just say, of taking him down would be a huge okay. coup. Well, so, I think they, there's a yeah, couple of they're taking their time. There's a right? couple of FBI guys wandering around Chicago <laughs> right? right now with uh, the mirrored sunglasses and uh, Lots suits of wires. on. There. No wonder my internet's always so slow. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> That's why the internet is slow. <laughs> Judy, the weather—it's getting decidedly warmer. It feels kind of summery, doesn't it? Maybe a great time. <laughs> yeah. a great time to get back to hashtag old normal this weekend. Absolutely. Well, first of all, in Chicago, you know, we go from winter to summer. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. Yeah, there wasn't a big. No, we have nineties in you know April, and it could go. It could be anyway. We could have snow in. We April. literally had the snow flurries. It didn't stick right. to the ground, and like a week later, it was mid eighties, yeah. and I was like, "That's right. not normal." Yeah, but no, we are we're experiencing higher than normal temperatures. We are they are anticipating some thunderstorms and rain for the weekend, which will cool things off. I am I, now at the stage where I'm like, it's too hot. I'm headed. Pull it off. I'm headed to uh, Arizona. I'll be in Phoenix uh, racing Saturday night. Nice. You're in trouble. Scheduled to be 108 degrees. I say oh, scheduled. Oh, my goodness. It's, yeah, the, the, it's going to be 108. What does it feel like? It's hot. I'm not going to lie. 108 hot. Yeah. But don't humidity. Keep that in mind. It's, it feels very different. Here's something interesting. So while everything has gotten hotter all across the country, right? I saw something interesting. Google Trends. Okay. So Google has that thing. They did the uh, some of the Google Trends. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. The top... Near me searches this week in America. Swimming near me. Mm-hmm. Water park near me. Pool near me. And strawberry picking near me. Who the hell does <laughs> strawberries? That one got in there. That shouldn't have been. That's like three of these things belong together. Yeah, right? One of these things doesn't belong. Um, how about this? Obviously, people want to know where they can get in the water, right? Although, as it gets hot... The phrase signs of heat stroke jumped 200%. <laughs> Headache from heat is up 250 These are the Dr. Google people. And heat exhaustion for dogs was up 180%. This is, again, everybody, you can find everything you need to know about the human psyche by Google alone, right? No, wait. Dogs are on Google searching. They are heat exhaustion. Heat exhaustion. Yeah. Dogs are uh, well, very concerned. My about dog this. may have had a little heat exhaustion yesterday. Mm. He was, the short. The walks are much shorter these days. Just like in the cold <laughs> weather, you have to be concerned with the, the hot weather. The top searches for kids. Mm-hmm. 
sprinklers for kids. Oh, That's yeah. like your backyard one, I'm yeah. assuming, right? Yeah. SpongeBob not, one. Not where are sprinklers in my neighborhood that I can go play <laughs> it. I'm, I'm assuming. It's a, is there a SpongeBob one? Oh, yeah. I got to get one. Yeah, it's a great one. Plastic pool for kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. New Good luck finding search. one of those. Splash pad for kids. Mm, those are fun. And best sunscreen for kids. So that'll make the boss happy, Stephanie, because she's very concerned oh, about the yeah, wearing man. of sunscreen, right? Not yeah. for her kids, but for us. For us. For, yeah. yeah, no. Her kids probably don't wear any. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm they sure do. They're, they're, they're pretty, yeah, they're uh, they're pretty they're alabaster. Like SPF mayonnaise. Yeah. Are yeah. you kidding me? They're like SPF 80 on there. You know and, what? Don't go over 50. It's, it doesn't work over And 50. here is something that I admit I don't think I ever fully understand. This is one of the things that a lot of people probably have in your house and you don't even know. And you might go searching for it right now. Up 300% this week. Searches for, according to Google, ceiling fan direction in summer. I, which is the direction it's supposed to be going? I never change it. There's a you little never switch change on the side. No, you change it. For winter, it... It, the, I think the, it goes. What's the difference? Winter it pushes the the warm the air down. down. Really? In the summer yeah. it sucks the, sucks heat, the up. heat up, or vice versa. It should be going counterclockwise mm-hmm. in the summer. I think a lot of people are going to be googling right now ceiling fan direction for. Okay, summer, that is so funny. I you got mentioned lucky. That. Mine just said no, summer yeah. and winter. I have a remote. Yours has a switch. It said it on the fan. Oh, summer, winter. I have a remote for my fan. That's Whoa. right. Oh, um, it's great until it dies. I was clicking it. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I I opened it up. It's a very small little remote. So I knew it was going to happen. I opened it up and I saw a battery I have never seen before. They're full of batteries. Oh, they yeah. little t- it's a tiny little. It, it's yeah. in my car right now. Google the Because battery. I'm going to, yeah. No, you the, Google it and they'll send you one. Go to Amazon uh, and just send me one. Yeah, I need right. one today. Oh, okay. Sorry. Now I could get uh, same shipping. I wish you luck like finding it. Let's jump right into the 8 o'clock hour. The big stories people are taking, uh, paying attention to. We are less than 16 hours away from hashtag old Woo! normal. The city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, going to phase five, fully reopened, 100% capacity. Let's celebrate it, Cheese. Yeah, the Olympics. They're about six weeks away. Yeah. But right now, Tokyo is the opposite of us. Uh-oh. They are under a state of emergency oh, due God. to a rise in COVID cases. Judy Mike, speaking of COVID, the U.S. is buying up COVID vaccinations. Why, you might ask? Mm-hmm. Well, for other countries, it'll share with lower-income countries struggling with a shortage of the shots. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. Well, yeah, we 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 tend to think we're the world, and we're finding out the world is a hell of a lot bigger than just us, yeah. and how it can impact us. Needless to say, um, something that's impacting people, and when you look at the numbers, it's a little bit little bit concerning, if you will. Think about the college graduates. Last year, the class of 2020. Many of you graduated college. My guess is the job market didn't look a damn thing like it did last mm-hmm. year when these kids were graduating college and you couldn't even, couldn't even go to graduate. Forget graduation. What about your job prospects? Some of Who them may hiring? have even been interns and it's all different now. Everything. Yeah. That company's not even there or there are no people there. So... Now, fast forward to the grads of 2021, the people getting ready right now, the ones graduating as we are. What does it look like for them? Joining us right now is someone who I think can add some context to it, if you will. He is a education expert in more ways than one. Ravi, pronounce your last name for me, Ravi. 
Hatissing. Not an easy one. It's not an easy one. Hatissing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You're the author of Pivot, Empowering Students Today to Succeed in an Unpredictable Tomorrow. And my guess is, maybe more so than at any time in our nation's history, what, do you, uh, what an unpredictable future today's grads are facing. Yeah, we really learned about unpredictability last year, didn't we? I mean, it was it was crazy when all of this uh, happened and, and education had to pivot completely. And, of course, all this, as you just um, referenced, all these graduation ceremonies were put online and everything changed. And, you know, for those 2020 graduates, they really graduated into a terrible, unknown, unpredictable situation. And uh, I think it paralyzed everybody. But these 2021 graduates right now, they have a different a different scenario facing them. They have uh, a rebound and, you know, we can see in many ways and hopefully it'll con- continue and, and uh, we won't have some of the problems that other countries are having, but uh, the, these 2021 graduates are, are graduating into a much healthier labor market. The challenge for them, of course, is that the, there's a lot more competition in the field because a lot of those 2020 graduates well, are also looking. I was going to say, yeah. Robbie, isn't there like a backlog of people looking for gigs? You know, I mean, yeah, they're, not, they're, to, they're, not to mention the even older people who've lost their jobs and or, or, are, look, shift or, or are pivoting. Somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, the pivot's the operative word. And that's why I called the, that's why I named my book pivot because everybody is pivoting and that's the skill that you need in order to navigate an unpredictable future and, and, and to navigate the, the current situation. I mean, that's, uh, the job market is shifting and the most important thing that the education industry can do to prepare students is to make sure that they have the skills to pivot and the ability to be lifelong learners and transition into something that maybe is a little different than what they thought they were going to be doing upon graduation. We're talking to Ravi Hutteesing. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and education <laughs> expert. Thank you. I get an A. <laughs> so when you talk about pivoting, and I really hate that word. I just do. But Is it one of those words we can we like retire it, yeah, at the end of this year? Let's, I, it's like, we're never yeah. going to use the term pivot again. But it, it, there's no other word. It's a perfect word. Unless you're playing basketball. That's it. Okay. okay. Um, so <laughs> when you talk about pivoting for these college graduates, what exactly do you mean? Do you mean if you, like? ma- yeah, if you majored in, you know, broadcasting, well, you might want to consider a career in English. You know, is it, is that what you mean? Well, you know, it's interesting when you look at what people major in and what jobs they end up in, it's often quite different. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that in itself is nothing new and nothing different. But I think what's happened, especially in higher education, is that so many of these kids are graduating after making such a significant investment of time and especially money and they're graduating with you know unprecedented amounts of student debt and they're thinking well you know i don't want to take a job in something that i didn't plan on or didn't study for or didn't invest in um and and so and and they're justified in in that to some degree Uh, but the problem is the counterside of that is in six months those loans need to start being paid back and so they're going to have to find some opportunity that provides them with some income so that they can start paying back uh, those student loans. So, you know, I think that's really the case. I, I understand and, and sympathize with the graduates who really want to go into the fields, their chosen fields, and I think they should. They, they should keep their eye on the ball and keep that dream alive. But in the meantime, they have to, you know, dig into themselves and, and use their skills in order to make it work in the interim. 
Uh, Ravi, uh, again, an education expert, and, and so glad to have you here. The book's called uh, Pivot, Empowering Students Today to Succeed in an Unpredictable Tomorrow. M- my guess is, in just thinking about the audience, you're probably talking to, to parents. You're talking to parents of grads right now. You might be talking to mom or dad who funded some of that student student loan, who, who are co-signers on that debt. How do they talk to that grad, that grad who, uh, listen, we all know is entering a market that is radically different than anybody thought it was going to be, has that debt hanging over their head. How do you coach them, for lack of better terms, to move forward and not just try to wait it out? <laughs> might be a good word. Yeah, I think in some ways, you know, the, the parent has to look at their child and say, welcome to real life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is what happens when you graduate. Now you have responsibilities and you have to, to balance. You know, you've got to figure out how you're going to make, meet your responsibilities. But uh, at the same time, you know, you have to keep your focus on the on the bigger picture. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a big believer in lifelong learning, and I think that uh, one of the most important things that parents can do for their children throughout their lives is to encourage them to be curious and always encourage them to learn something new. So, you know, this is a time to be looking for a job and focusing on it, but it's also not a time to be relaxed in terms of expanding your skill set. And, mm. um, you know, parents... Uh, you know, I often say to my audiences, I'm a keynote speaker in education, and I often say to my audiences, you know, that the parents make the mistake of outsourcing their children's education to a school, you know, when the child turns five. The reality is, is that parents have to recognize that education is so much more than what happens at school. That's the academic mm-hmm. side of it. But then there's that cultural education that comes from your background, that comes from your family, that comes from your life experiences. And, you know, what I find with graduates now, you know, they go to a job interview and there's a stack of resumes on the table of the person that's interviewing them. Well, you know, all those resumes pretty much have the same academic information on them. Everybody's got the degree that's required for that job. So what separates that candidate? It's mm-hmm. that cultural education and that ability to, to communicate in an eloquent way and to present yourself well, the soft skills, all those things. That doesn't come from school, and that's not school's job. That's family's job. That's the environment that we create for our children to grow up in. So I think it's very important for parents to recognize that they have an opportunity with their children to make sure that their children are prepared for an unpredictable tomorrow. And the book is directed, by the way, to educators. And I define educators as teachers, parents, counselors. They're all educators. Hey, Robbie, before we let you go, you made a huge pivot, right? (laughs) You ready for this, Bruce? I did. I'm ready. Hanson. Yeah, Hanson. Yeah. Ravi, go ahead. How did I know that you were going in that direction? Yeah, 1997, I was the guitar player for Hanson. We were the top (laughs) player in the world that year. Shut the front door. Huge pivot. (laughs) Wow. A big pivot. But a big pivot and a not-so-big pivot, because that was the birth of the millennial generation, and that's where I started to learn about that generation and their impact on the world. And when I became really committed and interested in making sure that youth are being prepared to have a successful life, because I've certainly been very fortunate to live a lot of my dreams, and I think everybody has uh, deserves that opportunity. That's amazing in and of itself. We could do a whole other segment just on on being the uh, playing with Hanson for goodness. Rami, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate uh, both of your time, Judy. Yeah, thank you. I think there's some some really solid information in there. You know, acknowledging that for 
the grads, the 2021 grads. It's a different world. Yeah. Acknowledging the 2020 grads who may have been stuck on pause over the last year. It's a very different world. And and that you, you need to be flexible. You need well, to be and it was good it. advice for any, you know, anyone, because I have a, a college grad who's been out for quite a few years. Yeah. Who's uh, at some point, he's, he's still hoping for the dream job. He's holding out. He's yeah. holding out. And at some point you have to say, all right, pivot, pivot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, how many people are working in the industry that they have a degree in. Like, a lot of people have degrees, like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I am one of the few people. You have a, has, a journalism degree? Yes. Wow. And wow. Who's working the job I love and wanted to work. Yeah. Very few of my I run into all these people that. with, like, art history degrees yeah. that work as a yeah. teller at the Bank of America. Yep. I'm like, how'd that art history yeah. degree turn out for you? I can't imagine <laughs> that's something great. Hey, good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And what is a meme stock? Maybe we should start with kind of a basic definition. Is it um, funny? Is it a funny meme? Not necessarily. It depends <laughs> on what end of it you're on, yeah. I suppose. Uh, joining us right now, he's the editor-in-chief of Investopedia, Caleb Silver. Caleb, good morning to you. Good morning, and thanks for having me. And a meme stock, guys, are these sort of uh, highly shorted, hotly traded stocks that day traders have been surrounding for the better part of six to eight months, like GameStop, like AMC Entertainment, now Wendy's, Blackberry's in that group, even the World Wrestling Entertainment Group is in that. When they're bidding these stocks higher and higher on hype alone, and they're trying to stick a finger in the eye of the Wall Street institutions that are betting against them. Well, and, and Caleb, I guess the point is, when you say they're 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 hyping these stocks, it's not based on like they had a great earnings or you think suddenly GameStop is going to become the next Amazon. It's not based on business performance, right? Right. By and large, it's not. And if you look at GameStop, which had a terrible 2020 because we weren't going to the mall to buy our video games, we yeah. were ordering them online or through subscription services, that, com that company was sort of circling the drain on a potential bankruptcy or reorganization. But a new board member, the guy who founded Chewy.com, joined the board, uh, ousted the CEO, put a new team in place as of last night, and they're trying to pivot to an e-commerce strategy. Still, they lost you know, over $50 million in the most recent quarter. Still, the stock has been up some, you know, more than 200% this year. So oh. there's a great example for you. But take a company like a, a BlackBerry. When was the last okay. time you saw a BlackBerry device in the wild? <laughs> that stock's been on a wild It's still a company? Well. I was going to say, maybe the headline is BlackBerry's still a company. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, all I want to know, Caleb, is should I invest? Ooh. Uh, no, these are these are stocks to trade if you want to try to make a quick buck, and it's exceptionally difficult to time these right. So these are very dangerous for folks that are looking for long-term investments. If you have a, some extra money on the side and you want to play the market like a casino, fine if you want to do that. But this is not for long-term investors trying to build wealth, trying to build a responsible portfolio where they can control the, the risk. These are wildly traded stocks, and they could take you out in a half a second. Well, and we are talking to uh, Caleb Silver, Editor-in-Chief, Investopedia. So you mentioned games earlier. It is. It sounds to me almost like a game for these guys who, who can do it, who uh, have the money, who know yeah, when to do it, right? Absolutely. They have money. And they, these are folks who, you know, 10 to 15 million new traders joined the stock market for the first time in the past year because we were working from home, because there wasn't sports for a good part of the last 13 months to bet on, because maybe some folks had extra money. But the stock market's been on an incredible run since the bottom of March 2020. 
folks jumped into these stocks, and a lot of these are what I say, what I call uh, highly shorted, in that big Wall Street institutions have bet against these stocks. And as soon as day traders, especially in forums like Wall Street bets on Reddit, as soon as they catch wind of that, they start bidding them up, trying to make these institutions lose money by squeezing them. It's called a short squeeze, right. and that the price then rises, and they profit uh, these day traders on the way up. I, I remember my movie, The Big Short. I learned a hell of a lot. <laughs> you know, it's a, sorry, my, my investment... Uh, uh, in uh, experience comes from watching Hollywood films again, Caleb. I guess one of the things that and, and playing off what Judy just said is this just the modern form of gambling? It has has meme stocks and these day traders. Is this just uh, something for them to do as opposed to playing poker online? Well, this is one of the things, but guys, day trading has been around, speculation has okay. been around since the spice trade, since the since the tulip trade in the 16th <laughs> century, since internet stocks in 1999. Nothing new here, Got except technology has made it faster, it's cheaper to trade, there's no commissions, it's easy to open an online brokerage account, and when you watch these stocks soar like 100%, like AMC Entertainment did one day last week, well, why not try to get on it? So it is gambling, but it is for the folks who actually know what they're doing. I get it. People want to make a quick buck, but it's really hard to make money doing this. I mean, is it getting to the point, will, will the stock market, and, and again, uh, don't make me, you know, whether it's the New York Stock Exchange or, will, will, do they have to step in and try to regulate this at some point? Or does that fundamentally get in the way of what trading stocks is about? Well, you do want the market to operate rationally and efficiently, and by and large it does. But lately, the SEC, which is the sheriff of Wall Street, has been circling this trading activity, looking at GameStop, looking at AMC Entertainment, seeing if there's market manipulation. They're also looking at looking at cryptocurrencies. You guys know mm. what's happened with Bitcoin and Dogecoin right. and others over the last over the last year. So they're looking at all of these markets and saying, is there nefarious activity going on? We know there is in terms of the the cryptocurrencies and some illegal activity, but in terms of stock manipulation, is that happening? And regulators are starting to look a little bit more closely into that. And if there is, the party could be over real quick. Caleb, well, thank I you so much. Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief of Investopedia, about meme stocks. I, I, you know, What I take from that is, while I feel I might be missing out on it, no more than I'm missing out on gambling at Vegas. Well, and because it seems it's, it's about the money, but it's also about making a point. Right? Yeah, it's, there's like a social yeah. argument yeah, to a it as well. Piece but you don't know it. what end of the point you might be yeah, on yeah. that they're making, right? Uh, and speaking of the good pizza out there, joining us right now, Andrew Wolf. He's a partner at Jets Pizza. First off, good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning, Bruce. You guys, let's talk a little bit about Jets, by the way. First, one thing I want to start with. Explain Detroit-style pizza to a guy like me. Uh, Detroit-style pizza, it cooks up nice and fluffy, about an inch thick. Uh, we put the cheese all the way out to the edges, so it caramelizes, giving it a nice crispy edge, and it's uh, nice and crunchy when you bite into it. Ooh, I like crunchy. All right, so there you have it. Detroit-style pizza from Jets. You guys have locations all over, but you're doing something well, a little bit, little bit special today, right? Let's celebrate the reopening of Chicago. What's Jets doing for people? Oh, heck yeah. We're giving away a free slice to every customer that comes in today. Boom. Wow. Boom. Happy hashtag old normal from Jets. And let me just ask you, you say slice, but well, I want a square. Can I get a square? Uh, the slices are squares. There oh, you go. Of course there they are, go. because the way what God is intended. it? I know, Andrew, I swear, I swear <laughs> to God. It, the square tastes better than the slice. Am I right? Oh, yeah. I love it. 
I know. Why? Why is that? Is it because you get more crust, maybe? Uh, we put a little more love into those. Little more love. Little more love. Listen, you can acknowledge, though, that for a, for a triangle pizza, it is kind of bizarre that you get a round pizza cut into triangles in a square box. Can we acknowledge oh, yeah, in a lot yeah, of places yeah, yeah. that's a little odd? That's true. Right? Who there the hell go. thought of that? Right? Yeah. It, it comes from a thing. Tell us a little bit more about the history of Jets, though. You guys, you ain't new to the pizza game. Uh, I've been with Jets for 20 years. Jets uh, has been around for about 40 now. Uh, 42, I believe, actually. Uh, it started over in Detroit, Sterling Heights to be specific. Uh, it was just a party store to begin with, and the Jets brothers were making Mama Jets uh, pizza and selling it, you know, with uh, some subs and some other things. And the pizza, just people were loving it, and it really took off. And, uh, you know, a couple years of that, and they made their first standalone Jets, and... Uh, now there's over 400 uh, nationwide. I wow. love, the, I love wow. the idea. There's Jets brothers. You know, it's yeah. like McDonald's. There's really a Mama Jet. That's a Mama a jet. jet, for yeah. God's sakes. Come oh, on. Yeah. Okay, so you besides know, love, what makes the pizza <laughs> so special? <laughs> Starts with love. Works its way down. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into our pizza every day. Right now, I got uh, some guys making uh, the dough in the back. It takes about five hours to make the dough every morning. We grade the cheese fresh every day. It's grande mozzarella. Uh, you know, all of our ingredients are top-notch. It's just, you know, you buy good quality ingredients and put them together, and it comes out great. It's still Mama Jet's recipe, same recipe uh, that made Jet's big in the first place. So we haven't changed anything, and I don't know. It just comes out really good. Hey, Andrew, I know that you guys are more than just the cheese, pepperoni kind of guys. You have some pretty, I'm going to call them unique pizzas out there. Uh, dare I say something for everyone? Get, tell me about some of the interesting pizzas, the, the, the out there ones. Some of the real out there ones uh, would be like maybe the barbecue chicken. It's uh, instead of pizza sauce, we use Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Oh, it gets, there you go. Uh, uh, chicken, bacon, and red onions, and then some more of that barbecue sauce on top. It's really good, especially in the summer. Uh, or maybe like another kind of out there one for us is a BLT. There's no pizza sauce on that one. It gets that uh, grande mozzarella and some bacon, and when it comes out, it gets lettuce, uh, uh, tomato, and mayo. That one's really good. BLT pizza. Wow. Oh, I my got, gosh. That. Can you put that? Can you start making that right now? I'm going to come over and get one. <laughs> We're actually going over there today. I know. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I'm going to need to try that, BLT. That I mean, now that is really thinking outside the box. So to speak. So to speak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <No> <laughs> We're talking to Andrew Wolf. He's a partner at Jets Pizza. And again, I don't want to bury the lead. Free pizza today. Everybody that wants, there's got to be like, come on, free pizza yeah. with purchase, free pizza if you have red hair. Coupon, come on, there's got to be a, there's got to be some something. strings in here, Andrew. No, free pizza just for walking in the door. Yeah, there we go. We're there doing go. it, you know. We we had a lot of customers stick with us and get us through uh, this pandemic when times were tough, and we just want to give back. Yeah, how did you guys, did you guys do pretty well during the pandemic? Because I got to think you sold a lot of pizza. Well, and along, the, along those lines, I'd heard, Andrew, that because so many of us were used to, the only thing I'd ever had delivered food-wise prior to the pandemic was pizza, mm -hmm. that people were kind of in the habit of it. It was, it was easy. They understood pizza delivery. Um, I mean, we took a hit in the very beginning when everyone was uh, still scared, maybe like the first month, and then uh, things turned around, and, you know, business has been very well for us. Uh, you know, I had a lot of good employees stick with me, so 
I, I'm pretty mm. thankful. A lot of people didn't do so well. So. Needless to say, we know there's a lot of a lot of businesses and a lot of restaurants out there that struggled. I'm glad to hear that Jets is doing well. Can I ask you a business question, Andrew? Only because it's something we've been talking about recently. Can you talk to me just real briefly about? Uh, are you having challenges finding employees for Jets Pizza? Uh, you know, some of the Jets have had problems uh, down here in Tinley Park. Uh, you know, we have some really good kids that work here, younger people. And uh, I've been hiring, you know, friends of friends, and I've, I've been pretty lucky that way. Uh, and my employee retention at, at this store specifically has been great. So, you know, I couldn't be happy with my employees, and I, I'm fully staffed, but some of the Jets are having trouble. Do you give your employees free pizza? Because I would think that would be a reason to stay and work there. Every, Every shift, yeah, they get a free uh, a free pizza. All right, our where are you hiring? I was going to say I work for pizza alone. Don't tell Andrew that, uh, okay? Yeah. I'm, he can't hear us out loud. Andrew, thank you so much. We're actually I, we are going to come visit, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to go uh, take you up on your free pizza today at Jets. We wish you guys the best of luck, and thank you so much for what you're doing for the city. Awesome. Can't wait to see you guys. Outstanding. He's Andrew Wolf, partner at Jets Pizza, where from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can get a free pepperoni or cheese Detroit-style slice of pizza. One per customer. While supplies last walking only. Oh, right. See, I'm bringing costumes. Well, I'm, I'm going to keep mustache. coming back. bother. I I'm just going to keep walking in. I was not. Prove it. I wasn't here. I'll have, like, pizza sauce on my chin. No, that's my first piece. <laughs> All the way down the front of your shirt. You know. My shirt comes pre-pepperonied. You know, I, I do a it slice like in hand. It's not me. That's not me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It yeah, wasn't everyone me. looks yeah, like me. I hear that all the time. Yeah. So all of the Chicagoland Jets celebrating the reopening of the state with uh, with free pizza slices today. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. And there's something about when we interview sometimes these uh, restaurateurs, and I just like Andrew. He's just, I don't know why. Seems he's like not, a good guy, right? He's a pizza he's guy. You free pizza. Guy. That's and why. You know free what? Pizza. I think that helps. Yeah. Yeah. And he makes it with love. Known. Who says our, our main ingredient is love? Love. Got love. me. Right? Boom. I thought it would have been a flower. He <laughs> would have thought. Getting foodie with Jeez. Bruce and Judy. Yeah. Out and down the hours. I don't know about the rest of you. Hold on a second. 12, 3, uh, okay, you know what? hours yeah. and seven minutes. Nice. You're going to be a little disappointed. Am so I going to be? Well, it's not going to be like Christmas where like I'm going to wake up and there's going to be your, presents. You're going to run out of your apartment at yep. midnight. Midnight. Woo! You're going to stand with pans. <laughs> yeah. And you could be the only one out there. Okay, I just thought about that. So, like, when we win championships, in the suburbs at least, so oh, yeah. downtown, you just go to Rush Street and... Go to Rush? You know, Can I, like, burn and, cars or something? Exactly. Can I tip, oh, yeah. tip but things over? elsewhere, we do run outside. <laughs> we do it at my house with pots and pans. Pots and, we, and pans! And we, yeah, we clang. And other people, we can hear other people doing it, too. A couple fireworks go off. Okay. So maybe, yeah. I live yeah. next to the firework guy. Well, we don't have fireworks, I so, so I have these pots and pans. But maybe um, maybe we'll hear that tonight. So someone. So, I was going to say, say fire yeah, guns, right. that's every night, off a Nick. few rounds from my balcony at midnight. Is that how that's going to work? Mm-hmm. Or I could maybe fire fireworks off my balcony? Maybe you I'm don't. Sure maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago. At all, no. There's no difference whatsoever. You can't even have a grill on your balcony, okay? I don't think fireworks are going to be allowed. Yeah, I'd, I'd stick with the gun. Just stick with the gun? Thank you. It's you Chicago, have. for God's sake. Aim it's it's a lake. Shoot right. up. Shame at the lake. You are a wealth of See? information Thank and you. good advice, Cheese. Don't let anyone <laughs> tell you different. Solid, solid Aim at legal the lake advice. if you're standing solid. on the shore. Uh, we are at the countdown to hashtag Old Normal. Phase five. 
fully reopen. There is no phase six. That's what's the one thing I was very excited about because we, as we reached other phases, I kept finding out there were more phases and bridges yeah, and a variety of other crap that had to do with it. On the on the Skittle scale, we'll be at green, right? Uh, fully open. I feel like yellow's the. Why would they do that? <laughs> is there a green Skittle? There ought to be. Yeah, yeah line. Okay. I I don't, I never I never hear green. I hear yellow. But I wonder, I do tell you that I do think there's going to be a bit, there's a messaging problem. Call it a marketing issue. Because when you say the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois are going back to fully reopen, 100% capacity, old normal, right? Mm-hmm. That's not just my words. That's, nope. that's everything. I think a lot of people are going to take those masks. And they're going to have like a mask burning party, maybe mm-hmm. at midnight, right? And that's not exactly what's going to be going on. No, you keep your mask. Hold on to your mask. First of all, don't throw your mask on the ground. What that's is it with that? I, I can't stand now, it anymore. The paper ones, I guess, listen, it's I, I, I can understand you throwing the paper mask on the ground like you throw your... It's littering. Your, it's littering, but, but it's like a cup or a napkin. Yeah. Okay. But what about like the cloth ones you yeah. paid for? Why why do I see those scattered I around can the only, city? I'm going to give everyone a break. I, they fell out of someone's pocket. They, just fell. they were holding them like a little purse, like we do on our wrists, and they yeah. fell off, and they didn't know. And once it hits the ground, and eh, you don't really want to pick it up, and it's like a pacifier, right? Well, the the two second rule doesn't doesn't apply, apply for masks. No, I don't think so. I've dropped my mask before. I'll pick yeah. it up. Uh, by the way, is washing masks a thing? Not a oh. thing. Not a thing, is no. it? You know what? Again, I get all my advice from cheese. you got a couple cheese. hours left. Oh, you my, might want to try it. I get my uh, medical really? and legal it's advice from ridiculous. cheese now. You're doing, so, you're doing good, right? So far, so good, buddy. You know what? Wash the damn mask because you might still need it. Might Unfortunately, still need it. schools, public transportation, <sighs> includes the airports. The yeah, yeah, you still, airport. hospitals, you still do need a mask. So I personally have about... I don't know, 12,000 masks. So <laughs> I will just keep maybe a thousand of them. Okay, just in case. I'm not kidding. They are everywhere. I don't everywhere. know what it is about them. I realize it's just a piece of paper, like these masks, the blue, the blue white ones. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. But even some of the, the fancy cloth ones, yours is bedazzled yeah, for God's sake. Uh, that is, you know, it's kind of a hippie mask. I can't it's, even imagine. It's embroidered, the, by the way, not bedazzled. It looks embroidered. There's nothing shiny on this mask. Well, okay. except my eyes. Um, <laughs> When I see them on the ground, I don't know why. It's not rational. I will fully admit that this is not a rational reaction. I see masks, and the only thing I can compare a dirty mask, like on a sidewalk or in a gutter, to is like seeing a used hypodermic needle on <laughs> yeah, the ground. It, totally. I wouldn't touch it for all the world. I'm no. like, no, that Isn't is that funny? unclean. <laughs> Dirty! Yeah. Like, but, you know, but right. I don't know. It is I don't irrational. No, I'm the same way. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm like, no, I, I, step I, on I do a wild well, burn The needle might them. go through your shoe. I don't know what happens yeah. when you step on the old masks. I mean, if my dog goes to go sniff it, I'm like, no. It's completely irrational. It is, totally. I will fully I, admit to my irrational. Especially you. Yeah. I wear gloves to pick them up if they're in my, because really? they're in my yard for some no, reason. My front yard. Oh, I pick it. I don't want them. Pick them out. Well, people think it's my mask. They have people that do that, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what? There's a new job. Because <laughs> there's going to be a lot mask of masks. Listen, we need to do a mask burning. <laughs> yeah, we do. Can, How can, about off your geez, balcony? Will you call the White Sox? See if they have a doubleheader coming up. Ah. And in between, follow me on this. Okay. This is a completely original idea. In the middle of the doubleheader. Okay. 
Between games, yeah. You bring your mask, you get in for $8.90. Ah. Is that a good price for a Sox game? Great price. $8.90, you bring a mask, and we're going to burn the masks at second base. Between games. What could go wrong? Nothing could go wrong. Nothing could go wrong. It's a brilliant idea. Genius. Never heard of it. Yeah. Okay. I I like the idea. I'll call the Sox. Can we get on the horn with them? Let me do it. I can't imagine them saying no to something like that. It sounds brilliant. It sounds (laughs) brilliant. Might be one of the reasons why you need to have your faith in humanity restored, though. Judy says she could do it for you right now. So are you aware that U.S. prison populations are declining? I did not know And the gradual shuttering of prisons has led to a creative boom in the form of redesigning old correctional facilities for other purposes. Mm. So the inmate population in Connecticut, for example, has fallen by about half. From its peak of 20,000 in 2008, and while one former prison now locks up only important documents for banks and law firms, that's what that prison's used for now, others remain empty but unused. So here are a few new uses for America's jails. Hmm. Homeless shelters. Since 2009, Hmm. Grace Marketplace in Florida has served three quarters of a million meals, seen 1,500 residents rehoused, and serviced more than 15,000 homeless in that area. The flipping of North Carolina's correctional facilities to year-round farming and education centers is allowing veterans to work towards university degrees in environmental sciences and sustainable agriculture. A former correctional facility on Staten Island has actually been turned into a full-service movie studio by Broadway Stages. That 69-acre waterfront campus has already been seen in Hollywood. It's been used in the filming of the Netflix series Orange is the New Black. Ah, I mean, how perfect. And the heist movie, Ocean's 8. What better set? Okay, so since 2011, 22 states have closed correctional centers, amounting to 94 fewer state prisons and juvenile detention centers. Hmm. So good news and better news. Yeah. You're welcome. I like that. (laughs) Repurpose a prison. I was thinking about that. I could just think of it's Alcatraz. It's already got like the, the kitchen yeah. and the rec room, and it's. Use a Bay Area guy, yeah. right? You've been to Alcatraz, oh, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, you take the boat out there. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm thinking resort for that one. A resort? It's like, yeah. it's like an island, bay. right? Yeah. yeah. It is, it's not like an island, yeah. it is. It is an island. Why hasn't Jeff Bezos bought that yet? Oh, you could stay. I'd stay at Alcatraz. Totally would. Right? Totally don't. would. I mean, you freshen it up, but don't change it too much. Freshen it up. Yeah. Well, just don't lock <laughs> me in at night. Thank you, Judy, for restoring our faith in humanity. Also, thank you to MG and the posse. Yeah, Brett's over there. today. Uh, yeah. And, and B-Rat. Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, pressing all the buttons, making mm-hmm. things happen. Our info producer, Miranda, who's on the other side of the double-pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese working the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale. Nick will continue. Continue to deliver excellence, I tell you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. News, traffic, weather, all the information <laughs> you need to know. Delivered only the way Nick can. Coming up next, right here on 890 WLS.